Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, we're following up on the fruit of faithfulness and more specifically, um, the, the fear of the Lord, That's which right. will be um, an interesting discussion. That'll be fun. To say the <clears throat> least. Yeah. Um, I'm a little afraid. <laughs> can, I, can I, before we go there, um, mention that we got an email from uh, one of our listeners, <clears throat> um, one of our people in the church, saying that um, um, she had a thought that um, some people see faithfulness, God's faithfulness to us in relationship to um, what God does for us. And if God does not do what we have asked God to do, then God isn't faithful. And she said, can you talk a little bit about the fact that God is not Santa Claus? <laughs> you know, that that we ask God for this and that, and we don't get it. And I think particularly what um, gets people to that place is when they have a loved one um, who is very ill, and they pray for healing, and that loved one is on prayer chains throughout the country, and that person dies. Then God is not faithful to promises. I think once again it comes back to our understanding of prayer to a degree. Mm-hmm. It also comes back to our um, uh, to a level of understanding of God's will. It also um, comes back to our theology about life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think God is faithful even in death. Mm-hmm. I think particularly for one who's a believer, if you've uh, um, we're all going to die one day. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of when. Um, I guess technically, if Jesus comes back before we die, we may not have to. But for the most part, we're all going to die at some point mm-hmm. in time. Um, I don't want this body forever, even if Jesus comes back. Just let me put that out there. Um, God's faithfulness to us uh, is sometimes when he says yes, sometimes when he says no, or sometimes when he says wait. He has not left us. He will not forsake us. When something happens to somebody, it doesn't mean that he disfavored them Mm -hmm. in some way, or he dishonored them, or disrespected them, or they were less worthy. Um, I don't, that's, that's that part of why do bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. conversation that uh, at least in my earthly mind I wander around that but I don't know that uh, I have uh, settled on a clear concise intellectual sounding answer to and that and why do we need to know that you know there are some questions why why are we insistent on um, getting inside the mind of god and um, and trying to control god um, well again it's an it's an issue of either do we uh, do we want to do that so we can understand, or do we want to do that so we can control, or do we want to figure it out so that we know the outcome? Um, so yeah, God's not Santa Claus. Uh, faithfulness is not about giving us whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want it. Faithfulness is about solid, constant commitment, and I believe God is faithful to us even in the midst of death. Mm-hmm. God is faithful to us, even in the midst of the struggles of life. 
um, before death happens sometimes. Um, God's faithful to those folks who lost their homes in Texas. God's mm-hmm. faithful to those folks who um, experienced that in Florida. I've been following Puerto Rico's disastrous mess, which goes far beyond the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, God is still faithful, um, but that doesn't mean he changes every circ- situation and circumstances in life. He's faithful, faithful through those. Um, Again, it comes back, at least to my understanding of God's intentional will, God's circumstantial will, God's ultimate will. Uh, sometimes his will in the middle of the circumstances is the best that it can be, uh, unless we want to absolutely give up control, surrender everything to him, uh, which nobody wants to do. To be. Well, in terms of our free will, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if... Uh, and I, I'm really glad that God has not given me everything that I have prayed for throughout right. the years. When it comes to people, when it comes to people, that's a harder... It is. We had... A, I, I was with a, my clergy sisters this last week in a retreat, and and uh, initially we just kind of, how's everybody doing kind of thing, and, and somebody was talking about their ailments and said... Uh, but it beats the alternative in, in terms of getting older. It beats the alternative. And one of our sisters said, why do we say that? Because as Christians, the alternative, death is also a good alternative. Why do, why do we say that? So we had a little discussion about that. But um, but yeah, we, we do everything that we can on this earth to avoid death and um, uh, as if that is the ultimate enemy. And so when, when people say um, God isn't faithful, um, then I think what they're saying is I didn't get what I want. You and I both walked and others have through mm-hmm. the death of uh, children, through death of us. Uh, well, I've not necessarily walked through the death of a spouse, but um, God was faithful through that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, sustained, mm-hmm. presence there, mm-hmm. encouraging, comfort, mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. Does it make any sense why a 19 or 21-year-old dies? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. But God was faithful through Absolutely. that. He did not leave us nor forsake us. So Absolutely. I don't know if that helps or not. But Yeah. So I hope that answers, answers <clears throat> the Santa Claus question. Now. Oh, going back here, this is uh, one of the verses I knew that I would not get to yesterday, but I included it in the scripture reading just to get to it this morning. Um, in Psalm eighty six eleven, it says, Teach me your ways, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me your, give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the uh, uh, Greek words uh, uh, translated faith or faithfulness uh, is sometimes uh, uh, used to indicate to fear or to revere or to honor in some way. And uh, I've done countless studies with folks on uh, uh, going through the scripture and talking about uh, um, faithfulness and an undivided heart and fear and that whole thing. Um, so uh, it just it's, it's interesting to me uh, that we pray to rely on God's faithfulness, uh, that we ask God to rely on his faithfulness, and that then creates faithfulness in us. That then creates trust in us. 
when we can speak it, I think, when we can hear it with our ears, when it becomes our testimony, our witness, our remembering, as, as I spoke about yesterday, uh, I think that that then begins, begins to build, oh, I don't know if I like the word faith muscle, but maybe it begins to build an increased level of faith, mm-hmm. an increased measure of faith or faithfulness. Um, Right. Sometimes these words are transferred, not are translated not only um, faith as a, as an action kind of thing, but the faith of what we hold to or cling to. And so I think about faithfulness not only in the sense of what I think about God or how I live out what He says, but I think about it as in the sense of my own belief system, my own life belief system, my own theology, what I think about God's system, uh, to stay true and committed, uh, trustful in that. Um, because uh, if that doesn't happen, or if something, or if that does, if, it's not, if that's not, I can't talk any better this morning <laughs> than yesterday. I could yesterday morning. Um, I think uh, when it explains it here in the Psalms, when it talks about give me an undivided heart, because I think a divided heart will lead us to places and seasons of unfaithfulness. And by a divided heart, I mean uh, that, and we all struggle with that, I think, because we're pulled in so many different directions. What's the top priority for the day we need to get done? What's the thing that we want to get done? What's the thing today that we want to enjoy? What's the thing that we want to, you know, uh, and I think as our heart gets pulled in lots of different directions, it also affects our life of faith with God. Um, David wrote, he says, creating me a pure heart, O God. Again, a pure heart will be easier to express faithfulness to God and faithfulness from God to others uh, than an unclean heart will or our divided heart will. So that um, brings up for me the question of how perfect am I? How, um, how, how clean do I have to be? How, um, uh, I mean, because there are a lot of things that, that I need to think about, a lot of things that, a lot of people I love, a lot of, so um, an undivided heart, um, you know, what does that mean um, in terms of, of how we... Um, how we get through every day, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of things that we need to do, a lot of things that we need to focus on, a lot of loyalties in our life that we need to have. God has the amazing capacity to look at the intent of our heart, mm-hmm. um, not the intent of we have a good intention and we don't get it done, but right. there is something to be said for that. He is able to look at what the core of our heart is far beyond any of us can see or mm-hmm. perceive. Mm-hmm. And I think his capacity to do that, with that capacity to do that, he is able to understand what's driving us. Paul said, "Paul said, uh, you know, there are things that I don't want to do. I do them. <laughs> but I do them anyway. And uh, I think God understands that. I don't want to be casual about that because I think if we become too flip in that, casually casting off, casually ignoring, casually pushing aside whatever it is that might separate us from God, then it becomes 
easier for that separation to either stay longer or the separation to become bigger. And not take responsibility for it. And not take responsibility for it. Uh, When it talks about fearing God here, um, some folks want to think of that in terms of respecting God. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name, that I might have faith in your name, that I might be faithful to your name. Um, For me, a little bit of healthy fear or trembling, I hope I never lose that. There is a little bit, when I want to stand before God, I want to have an awareness that I'm not standing before some image I've created. I'm standing before God Almighty. Uh, There was a, uh, I I served as his associate pastor. uh, His name was Lloyd Shannon. He's long since gone to be with the Lord. When I was in seminary, I served there. And uh, he, frankly, had lost his effectiveness in preaching. He had had several heart attacks, was on the end of his ministry. But when Lloyd would mention and speak the name of God, I felt like it was coming from the very bottom of his being and that it possessed all of his being from his toes up to the top of his head Mm -hmm. and every part in between. And uh, uh, that's that's the sense that I want to have of God. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be – sometimes I just – I worry that uh, we've lost our sense of awe, uh, that we are standing before God. And so some, there's a part of me that doesn't want to lose this sense just to have a bit of fear and trembling. Um, yeah, but... I, well, let's, I, th- I think it might be helpful to talk about um, the, at least the general context of the Psalms historically and, and why that, that word would have been chosen perhaps. Um, you know, what are, their, what are their analogs, you know, to, to our day in terms of structures in terms of um politics uh you know tribes because that's when you talk about respect when you talk about fear you're you're already kind of walking into kind of a monarchical system a a king ahead of a tribe Um, and that's something that we are completely unfamiliar with right because we we, we can we can get away with um, and are often encouraged to uh, take shots uh, at those in power uh, mm-hmm. over us because we elect them and then we, you know, elect another one and elect mm-hmm. another one. So there's a there's a sense in where we don't have um, the same kind of uh, political situation in which the the psalmist um, was because they didn't do that. They they did not have that luxury, um, I guess, to mm-hmm. to say we can remove you if we don't if we don't like you. Um, there's someone in power. There's a real uh, visceral uh, sense that that they could end your life very quickly mm-hmm. and and without reason. And I think the I think the the great thing in the history of of um, at least uh, Judaism and Christianity is that that. Uh, the psalmist is telling us that we don't have to be divided. We don't have to be afraid of those kind of rulers, that those are not the people who have ultimate power over us, that um, Yahweh who called you out of Egypt, who established you in this land, that this is, this is his business. And so you don't have anything to be afraid of, um, mm. you know. And, and so there's a, real, there's a real disconnect, I think, for us as, as 21st century North Americans. We don't. 
Uh, our lives are not in danger. We might mm-hmm. not like the political, uh, you know, winds that are blowing at the time, and we might really ratchet that up. And sometimes it does get close to, you know, people being shot for no reason mm-hmm. and things like that, just simply because, you know, they're uh, black and they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, that that's real. I'm not downplaying that. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of uh, a real kind of eye for eye, tooth for tooth situation where, where vengeance and, um, uh, you know, just a whim mm-hmm. could, could end you that produces real, uh, real fear. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's what he's channeling here, what that Psalmist is channeling and that he's trying to move that and say that there's something even bigger than that. That is really, that affects you. I mean, you walk around and you have that with you all the time, mm-hmm. but there's something even bigger than that. And um, I don't know that God is calling us to be afraid of him like we're afraid of those monarchs. I think it's simply a, a, a transfer, a removal of that kind of terror um, from them uh, and a dispensing with it, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, and and when you look up fear and the um, the words that were used both in Greek and Hebrew throughout Scripture, it really is to be afraid of. And um, I cringe at that because I don't want to be afraid of right. God. Now there's also um, there are also aspects of this word which mean um, um, in awe um, and. Um, but 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 for the most part, and respect, um, reverence. But for the most part, the word really does mean fear. <laughs> um, and and I like you, Isaac. I don't think that any of us would say that God calls us uh, to be afraid of Him, like we would be afraid of an abusive relationship or something like that. You know. I think Jesus helped to bridge that gap of. Uh of the Old Testament kind of fear that they had of God. I mean, they were afraid uh, when when Moses came down from Sinai, they were literally afraid of his glow, or that he had been in the presence of God. Trembling and, even. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think that uh, because of Jesus coming, because of the incarnation, God coming to earth uh, to relate to us in a different way, the Old Testament I see more as a as a huge group relation with God, uh, individuals related to God. But in the New Testament, it's more at least it starts with an individual relationship and then expands to a group relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in, the incarnation brings us a different sense of God than maybe uh, was experienced at time in the Old Testament. And I see in. Um I've got some some stuff pulled up here, and I and I see that one of the Greek words for fear, um, it, it's holy fear, um, and and that's a reverence, respect, and mm-hmm. so uh, holy fear I think is different than than our certainly our understanding of what fear is. So I think that's kind of a cool word. Um, um, so yeah, we have to kind of. Look at that! Um, look at that term and go. Hmm, what does that really mean? Um, I think sometimes that's also filtered through our experience. Whether mm-hmm. when we, I, I always remember my spiritual dad, whose dad was a drunk, and went out on Friday nights, and there may not be groceries the next week. 
And I remember Frank telling me later, uh, as he became my spiritual dad, he says, it wasn't until I was 50 years old that the concept of father connected at all with someone who had integrity and who would take care of you and not to be physically afraid because he was going to come home and beat you because you were drunk. Um, so when, when that fear in relationship to father, if, if we're going to, if we mm-hmm. use that kind of terminology, that fear, I think for a lot of folks, they have to overcome that sense of right. physical, emotional, abusive kind of fear and understand that a fear of God uh, moves into a, a different direction, right. I think. It is more of a reverence and an awe of recognizing. Um, and yet God means what he says. Right. You know? Right. I, I, yeah. Well, and I think, it, I mean, I think, again, it subverts the idea of uh, fear in general, in mm-hmm. a sense, where it says these things are... Uh, these things are here, they're present, they're real, but there is a larger uh, reality that undercuts them mm-hmm. that, you know, in a sense, this is a covenant God who, again, is uh, is faithful to, to do what he says he's going to do mm-hmm. and, and does it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that is above these other smaller um, kinds of issues that seem very large mm-hmm. in the moment, mm-hmm. um, but... Mm-hmm. You know, that, that word is often used in comparison, especially in the Psalms. So it's comparing, you know, one to another, don't fear this, fear this, mm-hmm. fear this. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a real sense in where, um, again, it's, it's used in an A, B, you know, kind right. of a situation to say, there's something better here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. My mind just went totally blank. Well, I, you know, I think if you if if you have trouble um, with that phrase, you know, fear the Lord. Um, that's, I think that's okay because it is it is troublesome. It is to yeah. be quite honest. Um, it it really comes out of a a time and a place that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are sitting there going, "Man, uh, this this is not working for me." Um, that's okay. You're, you're in good company. Um, I mean, that is a, it's, it's a very difficult kind of concept to wrap your head around that doesn't have a lot of, um, places to hold on to in Mm -hmm. our, in our contemporary culture. And Mm -hmm. so it's difficult for us to understand Mm -hmm. that it's understandable, but, um, but it requires a lot of, uh, kind of back backstory, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. I think Mm -hmm. there's something to be learned from that, but, you know, I I just want to say to anybody who's who's going, yeah, I still don't buy that. Yeah, you're you're perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. You're right. It's and a very it's company. a very difficult um, difficult concept that uh, I mean should make us chew on it for mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things where you know uh, we're checking your card at the door to go. Uh, do you fear the Lord in this <laughs> specific way? Um, come in. If you yeah. don't, then stay out. Yeah. Uh, th- this yeah. is a this is a real kind of kind of murky issue. That, yeah. And, and I I just keep thinking back to the birth story of Jesus and the angels saying, "Fear not." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fear very, not. Very big turn there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it's yeah, it is it is murky, and um, you know the the bottom line is it's important to to remember who God is, and um, 
God's faithfulness is not dependent upon our faithfulness to God. Um, a good thing, because I'd be in such big trouble. Um, but God's faithfulness is all about grace and mercy and um, and the bigger picture, not our... Um, God is concerned about our day-to-day things and, and every, every teeny bit of our life. Uh, but we have to look at the bigger picture of faithfulness and, and uh, look at what that means for us. So... Uh, what does it mean for us to be faithful to God? Well, you know that's a whole other matter. Um, but I think we—I think ultimately we know what that means. <laughs> um, and I think you spent quite a bit of time yesterday talking about that, Randy, about um, our faithfulness to God and how to release that gift within us and and um, release that fruit. And once again, I go back to the theme of all of this: is that it's already within us. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is release it. It's not like mm-hmm. we have to muster it up somewhere, go to the store and buy a, a bag full of faithfulness. It's already there. God has already placed it there. All we have to do is release it. That just makes me smile. I like that. So. All right. Well, our time's up for All today, right. and uh, we do thank you for listening. We'd love to keep the discussion going with you. If you have questions or comments to add, uh, we'd love to do that. You can... Uh, Hit us up on the regular channels there, uh, Facebook, email, Twitter, what what have you. And then uh, next week, we'll be back with a deeper dive into gentleness, I believe. That's it. All right. Until then, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.